Listening Dog Media. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the Hot Mess Mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our Hot Mess Mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. It is the Hot Mess Mums Club podcast. I'm Kelly Pegg. And I'm Jenny Powell. And our guest today, it's always lovely when we have someone back on who's been with us from the beginning, our early, early days, and she is back with us today. It is the lovely Sarah Patel, who of course is a sleep consultant. The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan, celebrating 90 years of magic moments. The big day is almost here and Swan have some incredible gift ideas for your loved ones. You can check out their Christmas gift guide over on their website right now. For 20% off Swan's gorgeous products, head to swanbrand.co.uk and use the discount code HOTMESSMUMS20. The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan, designed for life. So back then, Sarah, when we first met you, you were kind of just setting up, really, with um, everything, weren't you? Because you're a mum of two, the lovely George and Ivy, and you are a teacher as well. So it was kind of your, you were just launching out into the world of um, sleep consultation with babies and kids. Yeah, that's right. It was right at the beginning. And I think I came along with Ivy and George. Um, so that was a real experience. Um, we came into central London, got the bus and the tube together, which is really good fun, if a little bit stressful. Um, but that's right. It's right at the beginning. And actually so from that moment I think it was a couple of months later it was the pandemic and then really from then on I kind of decided that teaching was no longer for me and it was all going to be about sleep consulting so I left teaching uh, after the pandemic hit because I realized how much fun it was to be at home with two little ones under three <laughs> um, and actually just really really enjoyed running my own business um, and have never really looked back. Wow. That's really interesting. So you you actually said it's quite fun to be at home with the kids. See, I've got older kids, so, so I'm like, whoa, that's a positive way of looking at things. But I'm sure it is. How old are they? Uh, so now they are four and three. Um, well, she's got home. Yeah, and do you know what? It's, I used to speak to my sister a lot and say, if anyone could hear us, and I mean our neighbours could every single day, um, during, especially during the lockdown, they would think that I was in hell. Because, you know, it was just screaming, tantrums. But actually... Um, I kind of you know when you've got quite low expectations um, and we really struggled fertility wise um, and actually just being at home being able to focus on them and kind of going you know they're not at an age where I had to worry about kind of you know formal education and so some things about it were just really nice we just completely went with the flow and it, it was quite fun. I've got to tell you, Jen, that when I met Sarah, she had the two, they're gorgeous, her children, but she travelled an epic journey across London to meet me. And I don't know how she did it because I just stress out taking my two to the supermarket. And she was so calm. She was like Mary Poppins. She had every snack going in her bag and drawing, colouring crayons, everything. And these two kids were just so good I mean they were amazing I was like I don't know how you've done it buggies taxis buses tubes all across to meet me whereas Mm. I'd have just gone sorry I can't I can't do it if I've got the kids 
It's funny you say that because it didn't feel like that. And inside I was just like, oh my gosh, they've, they've been through all the snacks. It's been five minutes. How are we going to do this? <laughs> I suppose it's, uh, you know, sometimes we set ourselves up just, you know, before we've even got on that adventure and even, you know, set foot out of the door. Yeah. It's easy to put yourself off, isn't it? And I think looking back and from experience, I always did make that conscious effort of like, no, you know, if I'm going to do it, I was, I was going to do this whether I had kids or not. Sometimes they have just to come with me, you know, and I'd bundle them in the car or bundle them on plane even. I used to always get their passports straight away when they were like three months old. I say, you've got to travel with them the minute you can if that's what you like doing. And, you know, I think it, it, it then sort of meant that I'd set my stall out, you know, I had a confidence straight away. And I think it, but it is very easy, especially with the whole sort of locking yourselves in, people being felt they've got to lock themselves down, you know, stay at home. It is very easy to get into that comfort zone, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, do you know what? So are we, um, we've got family all over. And so we have traveled with us, you know, mainly just because we kind of had to, because if you want to see family, we've got a sister-in-law in Australia, um, and I've got family in Belgium. So we kind of, we did just do that. But also my daughter is very like me. She is incredibly stubborn and is quite difficult. She really, really hit the kind of the tantruming, you know, hard. And there's only 18 months between the two of them. So when my son was yeah. born, she was just starting really to kind of really physically lose it and I'm talking about kind of you know on the floor kicking screaming foaming at the mouth you know really really challenging um and actually I went through a phase of just not really going out so maybe you know we went to the park a little bit but sometimes if things were really challenging I just kind of went around just going to do what's really easy for me right now it's a phase um and for me that that did actually just really help just because I could kind of go right I can stay really calm I kind of know what to do here whereas when I had my second, I remember just looking at other people, just thinking, how are you doing it? How are you walking around with two, you know, young ones like that? And I, I just don't know if I can do it. And then obviously you become that person and you're, you know, inside again, you're like, I don't, you know, everything's chaotic and people will be looking at you thinking you've got it all under control. And actually nobody really has. Um, but I think yeah. sometimes it can help just to go, well, this, this is what works for me right now. I'm going to do it. It might not be forever, but it's kind of helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I was like that with Heath. I locked myself away. I couldn't, I couldn't cope with it all. And I don't, you know, especially when he was a toddler and going through the temper tantrum stage, I found it really hard. I enrolled him in like a little playgroup class and I used to send Chris with him because I didn't want to go <laughs> because there was always an incident and I was like, I can't bear it. I can't bear these people staring at me. And But, you know, with my daughter, she was so good. I could go anywhere with her. I think you have different experiences and I get what Jenny said as well. I think sometimes you have to go below it. I'm going to get out there. and But I, I mean, I sh shut myself off, you know, Probably for too long, which I think happens, doesn't it? Sometimes when you've got little ones as well. It's difficult, isn't it? Because a lot, some other things are phases. But I think, you know, like we've, we've mentioned is that the fact that they're different and, you know, there's a lot more information now about temperaments, but most people will be able to recognise, actually, mine are fairly easygoing or I might have one who actually is a lot more sensitive. And so one, you, you kind of recognise that. But at the beginning, I think it feels a bit like panic because you think, well, what have I done wrong? Um, you know, why do they find this so challenging and, and why, why are they acting like that but actually it's usually because they're finding it incredibly difficult and so sometimes we can kind of go all oh, right okay that actually makes a lot of sense and so it's not really worth me going to three play dates in a day because that's going to be really overwhelming for you and everyone's going to lose it whereas my son really easy going and he would be fine with that 
Yeah, it's interesting. Our health visitor, I remember her, her saying to us that Heath was one of these children that doesn't like change. So, you know, if we went on holiday, he wouldn't sleep and things like that because it wasn't his bed and it wasn't his room. She said he'll grow out of it, but as a small sort of baby toddler, he's not good with too much. Yeah. You know, that's why he wants to be with you in every, you can't, I couldn't leave the living room at one point without him crying for me, which I found, you know, really difficult because you need to leave them for a minute and I, and I couldn't, but that's what she said now. Now he's fine. Yeah. You know, he'll go everywhere and anywhere. We're like, oh my God, if we don't watch him, he'll run off with a stranger because he literally is so social and he's so adaptable, but he wasn't when he was tiny at all. And he's had that strong foundation. So he he feels very secure now because that, at that time when he found it really difficult, you were there, you know, as a family going, here, go, this is what you need. Um, and I think that's what can make a big difference. You can kind of, one, it's the short term, but also you just recognise for him and, and a lot of children, transitions are really hard. And, you know, going to the park, well, you know, I always think how many tantrums are seen in the park, right, we've got to leave the park now. And most kids are going to lose it, aren't they? Because that's really hard. Yeah. Um, but some, you'll just watch them and, you know, parents will just go, we're going to leave now. Okay, and off we go. And it's not because they've said it in any other way or that they're just the superhero. It's just that, that for that child, it's easy. They're like, okay, on to the next thing. Whereas for others, that's really difficult. It's like, well, I'm having a great time. Why should I leave? So it's interesting. Let, let's sort of like, oh, that's my dog. Just ignore the dog, everyone. Getting onto the sleep thing. I think that's also something where you you ended up sort of maybe not doing as much because you were in a sleep pattern with them, you know, your your, your young ones and you didn't want to rock the boat as it were you know and that can be quite stifling in itself can't it I remember doing this with my son I remember thinking right I really want to get some cot naps in because I want to be able to spend some time with my daughter and so you know kind of did quite a bit of practice and then he got it he started sleeping in his cot which I just thought was brilliant but then we did that for every nap and so anytime we went out it's just I just expected him to suddenly be able to sleep on the hop like my daughter had but because we hadn't done it it was like oh this is really stressful and so actually you know it's great if you can have a few different ways and keep that in the mix but what I've noticed with you know a lot of parents with um the pandemic pandemic is that when I speak to them we talk about or oh, maybe missing a nap or something um you know people say well that hasn't happened because we've been at home and we've been able to have these schedules and these routines which sometimes you know one it's difficult for parents because they haven't necessarily been able to kind of just go well let's just go with the flow which can sometimes be really liberating but also what tends to happen is we sometimes we still have this voice where we mustn't get overtired sleep is really important prioritize this kind of routine um and then sometimes you end up having so much sleep in the daytime it actually really negatively affects the nighttime but it just that doesn't necessarily always make sense because we're thinking well you're getting the sleep and you must need that sleep but actually we're just in that routine where we're going right it's 10 o'clock you're used to going to sleep they find it easy because they've been doing it for such a long time and then when you say is your little one actually tired they'll say I don't know, because I've never really waited, you know, I've never had to do that. I've never kind of had to have a late nap or, um, you know, go off for a particular class. There's just never any magic formula, is there? Because everybody's child is so different. Everybody's life's so different and routine. And I think what's what's terrible terribly sad is that when you first have kids that people ask you lots of questions and say oh mine's seven till seven and mine does this and mine does that so then you think okay when yours doesn't what's wrong with it yeah and what's Mm -hmm. wrong with me and that's the thing I think it takes quite a while to get that point maybe having your second when it kind of clicks where you go actually (laughs) we're all so different and each child is so different that um there is no 
There's no one formula fits all. Exactly. And that's, um, you know, one thing that I think, again, is hard about the pandemic is people haven't had that necessarily the baby groups and you can kind of compare and go, OK, are we all one has a lot of that. So I can see that they're really happy. Or mine doesn't have so many. But you, you have those conversations where you kind of go, oh, well, the nights are really hard. Yeah, yeah, the nights are really hard, you know. And so you've got that kind of confirmation that actually it's OK to have really difficult nights. That's actually very normal. Um and, you know, that's really reassuring. And that's the conversation I think we need to be having a lot more rather than this kind of like, you know, we must get them to be independent sleepers, which our society seems obsessed with. They must sleep through the night. Yeah. And actually, you know, sleeping through the night. OK, so, yeah, it can be really handy. But actually, children, no matter what age and adults, sleeping just goes up and down. And so mm. if we just said to parents, well, that's going to happen. And let's look at some kind of tools um, and some strategies you can do to help sleep but also when things get difficult because that's going to happen whereas if we just go oh, great you know you've got to get to sleeping through okay so they sleep through and then the next night they don't so then you go crazy well what happened on that day what did you eat what time was your nap it mm. must be this particular formula you drive yourself mad <laughs> yeah it gets quite obsessive doesn't it uh, in the early days yeah. and I think I think looking back on experience as well I found that uh especially with Pollyanna my youngest um she was kind of all right, but it was funny. It was about when she was seven, seven-ish, that I started to get problems. And she, she'd she been all right and independent, uh, sleeping, and we got her in a pack, you know, she'd go to bed. But then all of a sudden, she just wouldn't. And it took me a good year and a half, maybe, of, you know, I'd have to be with her uh, and lie next to her. And, of course, I just was, I was getting more and more irate about it because I was like, it's tricky, isn't it? Because I, I, I didn't realise that there'd be sleeping problems later on down the line. And I, I think that's what can become really frustrating is because we set ourselves up to fail, really, because we just go, all right, yeah. you, you've got to get to that point. Great, you've done it. And so we sort of, yeah. and then when they don't, that is really frustrating because we're like, well, you did it before. But actually that mm. makes complete sense. Whatever's going on in their life is going to, usually is going to have some impact on sleeps. And so separation yeah. anxiety comes in, yes. you know, falling yeah. asleep. Um, there may be, they go through ages where at first they don't even notice when, how they fall asleep or where they fall asleep. And suddenly that becomes, you know, they're more aware of that. They start school. That's quite a big deal. They're separated from mm. you. Um, and their sleep needs are continually changing. So I think just mm. knowing that as well is, is really important for parents. And then I get a text here from a 21-year-old who says, Mum, I've not slept all night. But that's a different reason altogether, isn't it, Sarah? So we'll forget oh gosh, that one. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> no, just, just ignore, ignore. The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan. Not long to go now. For those last-minute presents, check out Swan's Christmas gift guide. They've got great gift ideas on there, including their retro mixer, Nordic Pump Espresso Coffee Machine and the Swan Breadmaker. Help to give your loved ones home... Help to give your loved ones home a kitchen makeover with Swan's stunning products. Get 20% off if you head to swanbrand.co.uk and use the discount code HOTMESSMUMS20. Our Hot Mess Mums, telling it like it is. Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. We we should talk about the older kids side of it, especially mm. going into Christmas, because, uh, you know, um, well, my daughter's eight, Jenny's is 12 and 20. 30, 13, 13 yeah, 20, oh my goodness, yeah. and 20. And obviously over Christmas, there's a lot of disruption because you've got family visiting, you let them stay up later. They're probably staying with friends sometimes, having sleepovers or whatever. So there's a lot, lot going on. A lot of our mums that listen to us are 
some of them are out of the baby stage and with those older kids. And we know, don't we, we're always having it drilled into us, the importance of eight hours sleep, you know, as a, a normal functioning grown up, if you like. So for for children, especially when they're they're getting older, it is really important. But it isn't like Jenny was mentioning, it isn't always possible. And there are there are sort of, you know, you're gonna hit roadblocks along the way. Do you find with a lot of your clients, are you dealing with more older children as well, or is it are you still sort of with infants and babies? So, so very much toddlers and preschoolers. Um, and that's because um, and again, people often just think we get to that age and you can sleep, right? Because that just happens. And actually, again, there are so many things that crop up. You drop the nap. And so suddenly that changes in terms of kind of sleeping and getting to nighttime where you start school. And so some some little ones who have very high sleep needs, they'll still be having a nap before um, and then they start school. They can't have that nap anymore. And they really need it. And then that affects things like, you know, their behavior and, and their kind of how much they're enjoying life. So then you're talking about things like weekends and, you know, can you do catch up naps? Can you do cat naps in the, in the evening? But also very much about temperament and sensitivities. You know, so when we're talking about older children and Christmas holidays there will be some who it's not a problem just to kind of go to bed later for two weeks you're off school and wake up a bit later you know and they're going to get enough sleep for others they may really struggle with that because they might not be able to sleep longer in the morning and so therefore over time they're going to get less and less sleep and if they're the type who's sensitive to that you're going to find that actually the days aren't enjoyable and I think you know if if for anybody who's listening they'll be thinking okay yeah I can really um that resonates to me because you know really whether your little one is the type who just can't cope with that and even though my daughter's older than my son when it comes to the holidays she's the kind of one that I'll be thinking of in terms of sleep needs so I'll probably be trying to get naps in so we'll we'll lie down together at some point when I, when I can just see maybe we've had a few days or we've had late nights you know or she's struggling because there's just so much going on um I'll just try to see if we can get a little bit of catch-up sleep there or you know and early night here and there but it is tricky because you've got your body clock which you know you want to keep regulated and so if sometimes your your usual bedtime is kind of I don't know seven half past seven and over the holidays it's it's about nine o'clock it's tricky for the body to kind of keep catching up like that so sometimes you might just go do you know what it's a holiday it's for two weeks we're going to aim for bedtime to be around half past eight and we're going to try and see if we can sleep in the morning if that doesn't happen then maybe we'll just have a bit of a lie down together but just constantly kind of reassessing how how are they doing do they actually need more sleep or are they fine because if they're coping well it's not something you genuinely need to worry about because their body will just they'll catch up when they need to they will sleep longer in the morning Um, um, and I think that's that is often the big worry parents will say to me well are they getting enough sleep um, you know they're only having 10 hours nine hours in a 24-hour period and I always say well the thing is if they are happy and I don't you know not every minute of every day but they're generally getting on with it you know what's going on in the daytime they're enjoying themselves they're not kind of falling over all the time they're they're meeting their milestones and you just get that good vibe from them they're going to be getting enough sleep there's the, there's the excitement issue as well, isn't there? I've noticed that. So my my daughter now is going to bed and then coming back down the stairs constantly at the minute because it's it's Christmas, because Pete the Elf's arriving this week, because she's getting so excited about all the Christmassy things coming up. So she's finding it really hard to switch off, you know. So I, I think maybe there might be a lot of sort of, maybe sort of seven, eight-year-olds that are doing that at the moment. It's starting to be like they, they just can't settle at night because they're just so excited. 
that sometimes is the time to kind of go so maybe at that age you know you're used to just giving them a kiss and walking out the door and saying good night but perhaps when it comes to times when they're really excited and they're struggling that's the time to go okay so they probably need me here so what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to them about sleep around Christmas and you know how sleep is really important for us and you're going to enjoy the day you know provided you get a good amount of sleep so how can I help you get to sleep? You're really excited. Can I sit with you for a little bit? Can we just talk things through? So, you know, sometimes I think when they get excited, we might kind of shut it down. All oh, right, everyone's got too much energy. Let's just calm down, which yet yeah, can be really handy. But for those who are the type, they need to get it out of what they're talking about. They need to get the energy out. Sometimes, um, having something that um, for them is kind of connection time. So whether it's they're the type who like to sit on your lap or they just like to sit and have a conversation or they like to play um, or kind of, you know, something like a bath, a family bath, you're sitting in together and you start talking about what it is they're excited about so that they get an opportunity to kind of have that fun with you rather than it always being us saying, right, come on now, it's bedtime, it's serious. We can kind of say, okay, no, it is really exciting. And now we're going to go up to bed. Okay, we've talked about all of that and now it's the time just to kind of calm down I'm going to sit with you because I know it's quite difficult to calm down once you've been really excited and you know maybe you'll sit with them until they fall fast asleep and it's okay to do that and to know that so they might need you to do that for the whole holidays that's fine because you can then go right okay we're back into our normal kind of routine now week or two what I'm now going to do is I'm going to see if we can go back to what we were doing before and talk to them about it so I'm not going to sit with you anymore I can see that you'll find it easy to fall asleep but keep kind of them in the loop and so they've got some control so it's not always like we are doing this to you it's kind of like well you're struggling to fall asleep can you can you think of a way that we can help you um and so they're part of that conversation what you're saying is so interesting because I do think, and I'm guilty of this, is that it's almost like they're they're linked up to a remote control. You're going to bed now and you just think, go to bed. <laughs> That's it, don't you? And we just want them to sleep because we want a bit of a bit of our time. And so you just expect them to. And it's very much like that. No, no more now. That's it. Go to bed, go to bed, go to bed. But actually, we don't talk to ourselves like that if we can't sleep. Yeah. You know, we we find ways. You know, we we lie in bed and read a book or we get up and walk around the house or whatever we need to do. So I guess we have to I think what you're you know what you're saying is we do have to think of it in the terms we would for ourselves, really. Yeah, and try and I think it's really common. I do it myself. You get really irritated because you're just thinking, well, normally this is my time now. I'm really, really tired. Yeah. Why, why, why I've got Netflix yeah, on. Hello. Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but I think as soon as that, if you can, as soon as you feel that starting to happen, you just kind of take a minute and say, right, okay, let's just think about why is that happening? And it's probably, you know, for lots of really perfectly normal reasons. And therefore I kind of just need to, it's going to, in the long run, it's going to help me because actually if I sit with you for five minutes, it means you'll fall asleep earlier and it'll be much easier for everybody whereas if you keep going up and down the stairs I'm going to get really annoyed you're going to get annoyed and you're probably not going to go to sleep for another hour but the other thing just to kind of mention because this can often happen with older children is they do need to go to bed later and so if what you notice so yet sometimes Christmas especially it's excitement but if you notice kind of on a general day-to-day you're doing bedtime and they're just they're always full of beans you know when you're trying to get them to sleep so it feels like you're in this battle you're like come on go to sleep and they're just popping up that's a real signal look at your bedtime because actually bedtime is about suiting for that individual it doesn't have to be seven o'clock it doesn't have to be eight o'clock and and children with very low sleep needs or low sleep needs actually they're going to need to fall asleep at nine o'clock 
And I know that's really hard for some parents to hear, but actually it takes off so much energy and stress if you find a time that suits them because you go, right, we're going to start the routine together at half past eight. You're going to be asleep by nine o'clock, whereas maybe we've been starting it at half past seven and it's been going on and on and on and everyone's exhausted and it's not particularly pleasant. Um, whereas if you can find the sweet spot for where, you know, it takes kind of, they call it sleep latency, 10, 15, 20 minutes, just, just fall asleep, they will find it easier and so will you. I've got a friend and her sons are seven and um, five and she said oh please ask Sarah for me and I think you've just answered it really so she sends them to bed at about seven half seven and what happens is they're up and back down the stairs again and this is continuously and she was like I just they just don't want to go to bed they just don't want to go to bed but clearly they aren't ready to go to bed she's not going to be happy with that answer but (laughs) sorry Hayley it's not a popular one, but people will often come back to me and just say, um, I know I get less time in the evening, but actually it's much more quality time because I'm not having to go, come on now, it's time for bed. And, down, and it's that energy yeah. you can't switch off until you know they're asleep. And so, you know, and sometimes it's a, you can kind of do a little bit of a trial and error, but it's just, it is that that thing where they actually can't fall asleep. And so that's that's really quite frustrating if they're going to bed and they're just a bit like, what am I supposed to do here? And so for them, it's it's difficult. And so then for us, we kind of have to come back to the parents and just go, right, okay, how am I going to make this easier? Um, and if you start and you think, okay, I'm going to support you to fall asleep, but that bedtime is too early, you're going to be sitting with them for half an hour, 45 minutes. And whereas actually, if you just go, right, I'm going to push it later, you know, you're going to play until whatever time. And then we're going to do our 10 minute kind of stories uh, and falling asleep together. It will be easier. Do you know what I used to do? Just used to put the hairdryer on. Your white noise. You're going to tell me off now, aren't you, Sarah? But yeah, white noise. It worked for both. It was just absolutely I, amazing. I, and they switch. The only thing is now when they go to the hairdresser, it's a full sleep. <laughs> My husband still uses it to drown us out when he's doing nights. And it really, <laughs> really helps. Um, but George got to the point where he just turned it off and he wouldn't have it on anymore. Um, but actually, I was still really addicted to it addicted but you know I like it to fall asleep um because it just drowns out any noise and it's really you know a clear association with this is nighttime now we're going to sleep uh, especially you know you've got neighbors you've got dogs you've got siblings it's just yeah it's handy absolutely yeah it works every time to this day it also is good to get into that routine where you know you have your naps it's part of our lives everyone knows when it's my nap and then sometimes you know even when they're older I go come on Paul fancy a nap and there we are, middle of the afternoon, midweek. Who cares? Get a nap I am in. so into that. Uh, hey, I had two naps yesterday, Sarah. <laughs> two. I'm so On a working jealous. day. Yes. Do you know what? Oh. I cannot, I cannot, t- you know, for me, people say, oh gosh, you know, how do you manage life at the way you're so busy, blah, blah, blah. And you always look, you know, you, you don't look knackered. I said, I have to have a nap. And just are nap, yours I power sleep. naps? Yeah, yeah, power naps. So yeah. I do exactly the same yeah. thing, and it's it, it, I wouldn't Good actually girl. cope without them. So I have really high no. yeah sleep needs, and I, I very rarely go out because I, I really like to have my early nights. But I went to you're so sweet. You're all snuggled up in your little jumper, <laughs> and you've got your glasses on. You like that? Just cup of tea. I've got my sleep needs. I've got my sleep needs. Look at you. And so I have this night yeah. out coming up, and it always happens to me that I start. You know, I'm looking forward to it, but then I'm really dreading it because I'm just thinking, oh, I'm only going to yeah. have seven hours sleep, and how I'm going to cope. Yeah, yeah. So okay, I think it's at three o'clock in the afternoon 
George. Yeah. Three o'clock. Yeah. Three o'clock is a good time. George, number blocks. Number blocks goes on. Lie down. Yeah. Draw the curtains. Five minutes. And that's it. Wow. I feel wonderful. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm trying to get Kelly on this one. Sarah, I can't switch um, off. I can't do it. it. But the thing is, it doesn't work for everyone. No, I, I, I'm too frightened that I won't wake up and there'll be no one there to pick the kids up. So I literally can't let myself go. You've not tried a, an alarm? No, I don't. I just, because I, I know it's going to go off. Yeah. So it'll just stop me from going to sleep. I, I read. Yeah. I, I love books. So if mm. I take my time out, I'll have my half an hour before school pick up where I just lie and read with no telly, no radio, nothing yeah. on. And mm. that's what I do because I just can't, unless it's Christmas and I've had a few, I can't let go and nod off on the sofa, which sucks. It's hard because you, when you've got a time pressure, even so I might say, oh, you know, I've got to be at school yeah. pick up in 15 minutes. And so so I'm thinking pressure, I'm never going to get to sleep. But I normally just think I'm just going to close my eyes and actually I'm just going to try really hard. Mm. So sometimes I do a bit of meditation or I do the box yes. thing where you're kind of counting your yeah. breathing um, and you do the size yeah. of a square. And so I just go, I'm just going to have five minutes because actually even if you don't fall asleep, five minutes of just kind of emptying your mind does make you feel better and, and have a little bit yeah. more energy. And then, and then often taking that pressure off means you do have a little kit. But some people, so if my husband <laughs> has a five minute nap, just forget about it for all of us he's like really grumpy but he's just like in this fog you know like he there's no point in him having it right so it's horses for courses isn't it horses for courses and I'm a sleepy horses then that's me but um it's it's very interesting uh, because at the end of the day you know everyone's different everybody's children are different but I, I think what we've all got to recognize is you know there are no rules really I think we've, we've set ourselves up a bit in in the society we mm. live in because um, I was just trying to think back, you know, back in, um, you know, sort of when we were cavemen, you know, when we were in Neanderthals, you know, there was there was just sleep, eat, hunt, rest, you know, run, eat. And, and, and it was just like it would just be a cycle that changed, you know, through the seasons, etc. And maybe we should go back to that a bit. There is a big movement about, you know, families also just sleeping together and not being this huge thing about being separate and being in a separate room, being in a separate oh, part. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, oh. yeah, there's um, James McKenna is a professor and he's, you know, basically his whole life has been about um, yes. looking at um, sleep um, and about co-sleeping yeah. and, and what is safe. And he talks about the fact that, you know, we called it cot death before that. Nobody mm. talked about it. So we were like, put your baby into a cot. Oh, hang on a minute. What's this? What is cot death? What is SIDS? When you look at the rest of the world where they don't do that and they all sleep together, oh, nobody yeah. talks about this. This doesn't happen. And actually, why do we do it? We, we go as society, right, we must put them separate because they've got to sleep independent, which actually makes it harder. It takes longer. We beat ourselves up yeah. about it. Whereas if we actually yeah. just went... You can sleep together safely if you do this, this, and this. You follow these guidelines rather than just going, I must not fall asleep. I must not fall asleep. It's really dangerous. And then people do fall asleep. It's the comparison society, though, isn't it? We all compare. And that's the problem with motherhood, I think, is that there's just been too much of don't do that, do this. I do this and it works for me. And so therefore, no one finds their own way. They're too busy looking at what yeah. so-and-so's done or what the mother-in-law's telling them or what their mum's telling them. And, you know, and you have to, I think you have to switch off from that. I think the first time it's very difficult because everyone's telling you what to do. The second time you kind of think, no, thanks. Yeah. I'll do it my way. I certainly did. And it was better for me. I mean, he used to sleep with me and it was, it was lovely. You know, my husband didn't love it, but I did. I flipping adored it. You know, those times I remember of him being here and me having all these pillows propped up. And it was very, very special. And I wouldn't 
change it for the world, you know. But with my daughter, it was six months. She's got to be in her own room. Everyone says that's what you've got to do. Yeah, and, and, and then the enjoyment factor is taken, isn't it? And that's what I found is that, you know, so I trained with Lindsay Hookway, who's absolutely amazing. And she's very much all about this kind of, you know, you do what works for you, but it's about comforting. It's about being together. And actually that should be celebrated. We shouldn't berate ourselves for that. So when Ivy's always kind of slept quite well, but she went through a phase of then wanting to be with us. And I had that same thing when I was like, well, you've always slept fine. Why do you want to be with us? And she started getting into our bed. And I, my first thought was, hang on a minute, I'm a sleep consultant. What are people going to think? And then my second thought was like, I, I can't sleep with you. This is really, really uncomfortable. Um, and my husband yeah. was like, loving this. This is brilliant. <laughs> this is so, so good, you know. Um, and so I, I went through a phase of about a month just getting up, putting her back into her bed. I was, it was absolutely exhausting. And then I finally mm. came and just went, oh, do you know what? Let's just do it. And so she came in. And I just absolutely loved it. She stopped about a year ago, just completely of her own accord. And of course, I really mm. miss it. But I'm so glad that I had that time when I could just be like, this is lovely. This is really, really lovely. Why can't we just enjoy that rather than kind of making ourselves feel bad about something, which is completely natural? Yeah, oh. It's a bit awkward now, Connie's 21. Uh, <laughs> you know, Never too old for a cuddle. Never too, never too big. I really hope. I always say to Abe, because everyone gets in our bed. Bloody hell, yeah. we weren't there on Saturday morning. My in-laws were in our bed. And yeah. the kids were in bed with them. And they said there yeah. was four of us, you know, no, two 80-year-olds. Yeah. But that's how it is. But I think you're never too old. I always think, yeah. God, I hope when Ava's... Connie's age she still wants to get in another cuddle now and again we're gonna have to leave it with a can of cider anyway (laughs) (laughs) oh it's been lovely it's really interesting chat thank you Sarah and I'm glad you're on board with the uh the nana definitely yeah there's so much lovely stuff there and great advice and really and you know lovely Sarah really great stuff if anyone wants to find out more they can follow you on Instagram at teach to sleep and you've worked with all sorts of people the actress Ali Bastian loads you know you're Mm. like full time now but I mean I think one of the special things about you is is how honest you are and how you use your journey to help others from the stuff you learn rather than just textbook telling people Mm. I think that's really special so thank you so much for coming back on Loved it. Good night, Sarah. Night. Sweet dreams. Next time. <laughs> the Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan. Designed for life. Thanks to Swan for sponsoring this episode. You can check out their Christmas gift guide over on their website right now. Get 20% off if you head to swanbrand.co.uk and use the discount code Hot Mess Mums 20. Hot Mess Mums.